the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We've been conditioned in American Christianity to think in terms of sacred and secular. We go to church, we're doing something sacred. The pastor's preaching, he's doing something sacred. We're going out for a meal, that's just secular. But what the Bible teaches is that for the believer, everything is sacred. Welcome back to another edition of Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. I'm Mike Trout, and he's in the book of Colossians. And we'll begin in uh, chapter 3 in just a moment. This is an extended study he's been sharing with the congregation. And if you'd like details on when the service times are and how you can get to the church, you'll find those on the website highlands.us. That's highlands.us. And if you'd like to uh, download past broadcasts and review them, you'll find those at studyversebyverse.com. Verse 23. Whatever you do, work heartily. As for the Lord, and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. You notice how many times the word Lord is mentioned in just a few short verses. Now here Paul gives us the first of two reasons for slaves or employees to obey their master. And that is that the Lord's going to repay us for our faithfulness. Even if the earthly master, whoever they might be, doesn't give the servant what he deserves for being faithful, the Lord, who sees all, will. That's the promise. And the reward that we're going to receive from Christ our Savior is going to be given to us in eternity, where moth and rust does not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. It is an eternal reward. Hey, if we do what we're supposed to do and we get some reward a bonus or a raise or whatever it is, that's great. But the value of it isn't eternal. What really should motivate the Christian is the knowledge that God is watching everything we do and He rewards us for being faithful. And that reward is eternal. This also teaches us that all jobs are given dignity by the Lord. You know, the slaves of the first century Roman Empire did a variety of tasks. Some of them were well-educated, and so they served in the household. Some were teachers for, for, for children, and some prepared meals. Some did less attractive work, like cleaning out the stalls after the horses and so forth. But what Paul does here, he, is, he gives dignity to all jobs when their jobs are done to reverence the Lord. In this sense, there is no difference between sacred and secular. We've been conditioned in American Christianity to think in terms of sacred and secular. We go to church, we're doing something sacred. The pastor's preaching, he's doing something sacred. We're going out for a meal, that's just secular. And it's so subtle, we're not even aware that we think in those two terms of of categories. But what the Bible teaches is that everything is sacred. For the believer, everything is sacred. And rewards are not going to be passed out based on a parent's success or prominence, but rather for faithfulness. And that means that there are some obscure people who are going to get some enormous rewards 
on the day when God hands out the rewards. There are going to be some people that are humble. They are not famous. They are not well-known. Quiet people who've been faithful on the job, faithful to their employer, faithful to their church, faithful to their family. Very few people know about them, but the Lord knows. And they're going to receive an incredible reward on the day that rewards are passed out. That's what this scripture tells us. Another thing is, is that under Roman law, a slave could never possess or own any inheritance. Or more precisely, whatever the slave claimed to own was owned by the person who owned the slave, who was under no compulsion to give the slave whatever they claimed they owned. But here, the slave is promised an inheritance from the Lord. And that's an inheritance their master cannot pilfer, cannot take away. Verse 25, for the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done, and there is no partiality. And so now he gives us the second reason why we should be obedient, and this is the negative reason, and that is that there's going to be a judgment that is coming. Now, some scholars believe that this warning is to the master. Others believe it's to the slave, but most believe it's to both, which is what I believe because it mentions here that there is no partiality with God. Oftentimes, people who were masters had the connections or the wealth or the resources to get preferential treatment when they stood before a judge. But when we stand before God, there's going to be no partiality. You cannot impress God. You cannot pay off God. He is going to judge without partiality. The wrongdoer, whether they are master or slave, is going to be paid back. Chapter 4. Masters, treat your bondservants justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Now the instructions here that are given to masters can also apply to business owners or supervisors in the workplace. Basically, if you have people that report to you, these principles apply. He reminds us that even masters have a master. And just as their slaves or servants are accountable to them, they are accountable to their master, who is in heaven and who sees all. And if the master really understands this and believes this, they are not going to treat their servants harshly. It also teaches us that no master should say, this is my business and I'll do with it whatever I like, even if they own the business. Because as Christians, we recognize that anything we have has been given to us by God. And we are stewards of what he has given to us. And so we must always conduct our business as though it is God's business, that we have the privilege that he has put us in charge of it, to supervise it, but we are responsible to him. And so the Christian doctrine of work is that the master and person alike are working for God, that our real rewards are not just financial, but that someday we're going to be given an eternal reward by God. And if masters don't treat their servants fairly and rightly, how are they expecting to be treated fairly and rightly when they themselves stand before God. This is an application of the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. 
Paul says, treat your bondservants justly and fairly. Do the right thing, the fair thing. This command would have been startling in the context of the ancient Roman Empire because of their slavery laws. This would be an entirely new idea to Roman masters because they saw their slaves as things, not as people. They had almost absolute control. They could do with their slaves, their bondservants, whatever they pleased. And few unsaved Roman masters would have ever thought about treating their slaves with fairness and justice. But we as Christian masters, business owners, supervisors are called to treat those to whom are responsible to us with fairness and justice. So Paul's instructions encourage responsibility and integrity on the job. Christian employers and supervisors should treat their employees fairly and with respect. That we should not treat people as though they are mere machines. That we should pay fair wages when we can and treat our employees justly and respectfully. And that we remember that we are ultimately, as supervisors, going to be held accountable for how we have supervised those who are responsible to us. And as employees, God has created you in his, in his image and given you skills and abilities. And even if your job is as lowly as some of those jobs that were given to first century Roman slaves, if you do it as unto the Lord, whatever you do still has value and dignity. Remember that you are working for Christ. And even though your supervisors may not be Christ-like, do what they say as it's in alignment with God's word. Don't shirk your job when they're not around. Don't try to impress them and gain their approval. You ultimately want the approval of only one, and that is Christ, your Savior and Lord. Christians have more reason than anyone else to do our work with integrity and enthusiasm. Because we're not just doing it for men and we're not just doing it for the paycheck. We're doing it for the Lord and for the reward that he is preparing for those who are faithful. In review of this really practical section, we see again how important it is for Christ to be preeminent in the lives of believers. It's a practical application of verse 17, chapter 3. And whatsoever you do, in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord. If he is the one who is preeminent in our lives, then we're going to love each other, we're going to submit to each other, we're going to obey each other and, and treat each other with fairness and respect. If there's any questions about what I've taught today or about the Bible or about God or Jesus or salvation or the church, we have some incredible, wonderful people over in Visitor Hospitality that would love an opportunity to meet with you, greet you, answer whatever questions you might have. If you have not received, if you've not chosen to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord, I invite you to make this the day that you make that decision. And uh, I'm available after the service to talk with you if you'd like. Lord, we're so very thankful for your word. It gives us instruction and everything important, including 
the day-to-day activities of family and work, and that remind us that in your sight, everything is sacred. And that we, as we go about our daily duties, whatever they may be, however mundane they might be, that we can be storing up treasure in heaven by being faithful. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said, Amen. God bless you. Well, we've wrapped up another message in this series in the book of Colossians with Pastor Leighton Sheely. And we'll pick up tomorrow with the next message. I hope you can join us. This is a daily outreach from Church of the Highlands, supported in part by the congregation. If you'd like to join with us financially, you can do that on the website studyversebyverse.com. That's studyversebyverse.com. I'm Mike Trout. The church is on the web at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. And with uh, December fast upon us, Well, there are a lot of special programs happening at Church of the Highlands. You'll find all those details when you go to that website. That's highlands.us. Have a great rest of your day and make plans, if possible, to join us tomorrow at this same time when we'll return and study with Pastor Leighton Sheely verse by verse.